and welcome to another episode of Sound Business. I'm Jim Salverson and today we're tackling the tricky aspect of podcast monetization. Well, I say tricky, for some it's not. Big audiences often lead to big ad revenue, but what about the smaller podcasts, the thin end of the wedge, where creators don't always get the value they deserve? Sometimes big problems require fresh thinking, and that's exactly what Sam Sethi and his team at PodFans are offering with an innovative new approach to podcast monetization. Over the next half hour, I'm going to deep dive with Sam on exactly what PodFans is, how it works, and where it can sit in the podcasting ecosystem. You might, of course, also recognize Sam for his work on Pod News, the podcasting newsletter and podcast which he does in collaboration with James Cridland, and he references during our conversation about PodFans as well. All the links to that and all the links to PodFans, you'll find them in the description for this episode. But let's hear from Sam and what's on offer with this brand new venture, PodFans. Sam, welcome to Sound Business. How are you and where are you? Hey, Jim. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm down in sunny Marlow in Buckinghamshire. Very nice. And it is sunny at the moment, isn't it? It's it's unseasonably warm in October, which is nice and terrifying in equal measures. Yeah. In fact, I've still got shorts on and thank you, Carl. You can't see my legs at the moment. <laughs> That's the joy of podcasting. Yeah, now I'm quite surprised. <laughs> So it's an exciting time, Sam, in your world. You've launched PodFans, which at its heart, from what I can see, is kind of a way for podcasters to essentially make more money, get more returns from their content. But before we get stuck into exactly what PodFans is and what it does, what's wrong with the old way? What's wrong with downloads and ad revenue and getting (laughs) ad revenue for your downloads? Why did it need to be fixed? Well, you know, for somebody like yourself, Jim, you don't need to change anything. You know, everyone's knocking on your door. You've got sponsors, you've got advertisers, you've got listeners, right? When it's at that level, nothing needs to change. But when you're further down the long tail, that's when you need to change. Because most people who are, let's say, getting a couple hundred users, maybe a thousand users or listeners, they're not getting the $25 CPMs. They're not getting the sponsorship offers. They're not getting that opportunity to monetize. And so one option is you can stick it into an Apple channel and have subscriptions, but we Mm -hmm. know that's not working. You can go to Spotify and hope that you qualify through some sort of program for lower level monetization options, but that doesn't really work. There are some good uh, third party options like Buzzsprout has a dynamic ad insertion where they're low quality, not low quality, but low value advertising that you can stick in. But reality, none of those models really meet the needs of 90% of podcasters because it's only the 10% are really getting the top level revenue returns. I think if you're a smaller podcaster and we've all produced small podcasts at some point and tried to generate revenue for them, we're kind of used to the scraps from the table that you get from a lot of programmatic style advertising. It's interesting that you say the Apple subscription model doesn't necessarily work for a lot of podcasters. What's the thinking behind that? What's the evidence behind the, the idea that that hasn't really worked for the smaller end of podcasting? Well, we're seeing a sort of reluctance to pay for something that you don't really want to pay for. Or let's flip that. As a 
podcaster. I know James, for example, with the Pod News Daily, has to take out any advertising. So he's now creating two versions of his podcast, one for Apple subscriptions mm. and one for general use. And then he's putting that in there. And then he's seeing that actually there's no real return on it. So he's like, well, why am I spending all this extra time and energy in order to try and jump through a hoop to try and get a customer to pay me? And then finding that the customers aren't actually interested in paying. And given that there are so many podcasts out there, the easiest thing to do is go, oh, I don't want to go over there and pay all that amount. Okay, what's the alternative? I'll I'll listen to one of those. And that's the danger as well. I listen to a lot of podcasts. There's very few that are probably within my regular listening that I'd go, well, I'm willing to actually say I'm engaged enough with your product to give you that five dollars a month or whatever it happens to be so it is that very top layer of cream that are going to see benefits from that kind of model so how does pod fans differ what's the formula that you've come up with that helps this lower level of podcast to monetize their content so it goes back to kevin kelly's blog a thousand true fans finding people who really are engaged with your content and even if you've got a really small podcast with you know 10 people or 50 people listening what you can do is ask those people to pay you a micropayment. And that micropayment could be 50p, it could be 20p, it could be a pound, right? If you monetize that up, say, into 100 people listen to every episode, there's 100 quid. That's better than the advertising $25 CPM of a 1,000 users. So the reason we did that was that, first and foremost, the micropayment system didn't exist two years ago that enabled you to do this. I've talked about it in the past about when I was at Netscape, you know, we, we built the browser, we came out the door and then we had this problem of how do people reading blog posts, which is what it was mainly about then, give sentiment analysis back. And we ended up with hearts and likes and thumbs up. Mm. And we thought, oh, great, that's a way to do it. And I don't know if you remember, you probably do, Jim, you know, everyone chasing a million likes, and a million hearts and yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it was crazy. And none of that was monetizable. So then you suddenly went, okay, hang on a minute. How can we monetize? Oh, no, you know what we'll do? We'll stick advertising around everything because that's the way to monetize this thing. And that's what we ended up with, Web2. So now with Bitcoin and with the hundred millionth of a Bitcoin being a Satoshi, you have a micropayment system. And what's better is it's also peer-to-peer micropayment system. So it's direct between my wallet and your wallet. And that's one thing that allows me to do. So I can say, hey, Jim, I'm listening to your show, really love it. And I'm going to give you a thousand sats. Now, a thousand sats could be 4p right? Mm. It doesn't have to be, but it's better than a heart or a like, which is worth nothing of nothing. So again, what we've done with PodFans, we've created a model where when you're on board, you either have an existing wallet or we give you one. So again, you're not having to go, what's a wallet? Where do I find it? And then the next part of that is we fill your wallet with a number of tokens to begin with. So sats. So you understand that you've got a wallet and you've got some funny money in it. You don't need to understand what it really means. And then we value each episode of every podcast. So you can see the total value of that episode and you can go, right, I'm going to pay nothing. Right. So you can set the value to zero and say, I don't want to pay you anything. I just want to listen. Or you know what? I'm going to engage with you because I, I really like your content and I want to give you something back. So you put in an element of value you might put 10 sats per minute or if you're really a big fan you can go much higher and you can increase that value significantly but what you've got is a value for value system where i give you value in terms of micropayments for the value you're giving me which is the content i'm listening to i'm going to ask a whole lot of stupid questions now sam excellent a sat is that a existing unit of currency in the kind of 
Bitcoin world or is that something that's specific to pod fans? No, Sat is named after Satoshi, the guy who invented Bitcoin, and it's a universal currency element. And as I said, it's 100 millionth of a Bitcoin in value. So 0.00001p would be a Sat. I mean, it's that small, but it is a genuine currency and it is a genuine micropayment. So you could transfer that into fiat currency. So if you accumulate enough Sats, you might then be able to then, you know, go and convert that through a company like MoonPay, which is a bank, and say, okay, I've got these, I want them back in pounds or dollars or whatever you want. So it is a real currency. Okay. And my second, maybe stupid question, I don't know whether it is or not, I'll maybe discover that when you give me the answer. But (laughs) one of the issues that podcasting has is a transparency of data, right? And a lot of the stuff you're talking about is length of listens, quantity of content that is consumed that we know a lot of the hosting platforms don't give up very easily. So I'm assuming it's a similar situation with you that if you are monitoring the content that is consumed, it has to be via your platform because Apple, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, wouldn't give you that data. Yeah. So there's two questions in there. One is what's the best metric for measuring a podcast right now? Is it a download or something else? Mm. And historically or traditionally, it's been number of downloads, which is the metric that the industry's used. And we have now used with a number of other people. We're not the only ones, um, but we are pushing it forward. So we're using things like time listened, percent completed and value paid as metrics. And they are public bits of data that we show. So when you have your account and you listen to 10 podcasts or five podcasts, you can go and look at your historical data in your own dashboard, which says, yep, Jim's listened to this show. He listened for 30 minutes and he he completed 16% or 80% of the show, whatever the number may be. And also finally he paid a thousand sats, right? So you can see all of your data. And as a creator, we roll that up into a dashboard that says a thousand people listen to your podcast. On average, they listen to 18 minutes of a 30 minute podcast and 60% was completed and they paid you 10,000 sats in total. And then you can drill down. Okay, that's great. But I wonder who was my most highest fan who paid the most or which one listened to the longest or who's done what, who shared a clip from my show. So Again, it's it's new metrics, but I think those are the sorts of rich metrics that we need in the industry that we're going for. So do you see this as a potential way for people to maybe judge the content they're creating rather than just kind of make revenue? I guess there's an element there where you're getting direct audience feedback. You're seeing what episodes people are engaging with by virtue of what's being consumed and where you're getting your sats from. Exactly. And I think that direct engagement will hopefully make better podcast. Now, one of the features that we were asked to add by a guy called Dave Jackson, who's a a podcast influencer, was the ability to set the start time and the end time of a podcast. Also, the amount of sats paid and the speed that it was played at as a individual metric that we hold on every podcast. So let's say you've got five podcasts you love listening to. You might say, one, I'm never going to pay anything for. It's always going to be free. It's my football podcast. I can't be bothered. I'm not going to pay them. Then I've got one, which I'm going to pay my standard 21 sats. Like that's my default value that I pay. But this is special one I really love. I'm going to pay a hundred sats per minute for that. But I know that every time that show starts, there's eight minutes of, hi, what did you do on holiday last week? And all that rubbish. (laughs) So I'm going to set my start time at eight minutes. And then there's this three minutes at the end where they talk about some stuff that they always talk. I can't be bothered. So 
you can set your start time, your end time. And I like to listen at 1.25 for this show, or I might listen to that one at normal speed. So we can set that for every podcast, a different value that you pay independently for that podcast, the speed, the start and end time. So as a listener, I can now go, yeah, that's my favorite show and that's how much I'm going to pay it. And that's the speed I want, but skip the start, skip the end and then keep playing. Yeah. So where does PodFans sit in the consumption process? Is this something that would replace existing podcasts hosting platforms or is it purely something that digests RSS and then delivers content in just a slightly different way to the kind of existing listening platforms? Today, 100% it's a listening app. So we ingest RSS, but what we do is give creators a back-end admin dashboard that allows them to add all of these brand new podcasting 2.0 features that have been added. So you might want to add a avatar of yourself. That's the person tag, or you might want to put an avatar of your guest. You might want to put your location. You might want to have a license. Yep. You can listen to my podcast, but you can't copy it or no, do what you like, share away, you know, clip away, do what you want. So there's a whole raft of 27 additional new features that are metadata features around a podcast. So they don't enhance the audio, but they make discovery better. They make the ability to share or interact. One of the biggest things that we we know that in the industry is discoverability is hard. So we've fixed that, we think, with the way that we do our search engine. But one of the other things is interactivity. Jim, you've got a podcast. I hear something great and I want to go, Jim, oh, no, no, no. I want to tell you something, right? Well, now that most podcasters have removed their email from their RSS, I can't even find a way to connect to you. But with things like boosts and boostograms, which are basically comments with a micro payment, I can leave you a comment and then you can pick that up and you can go, oh, yeah, Sam said in the last show, blah, 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 and include it in your next show. So interactivity is another thing. So, yes, PodFans is an enhanced, we think, listening app. But you said, are we going to replace hosts? Well, in some ways, the answer to that is yes, because what hosts have been very good at was hosting the audio but what Mm. they've been very slow at doing is adopting some of these new features so one feature i'll give you is called the alternate enclosure which is the ability to put three or four different audio or video elements in your feed so maybe i want to hear it at a super high level right i'm at home i've got my speakers on i can hear or i'm on a plane and the quality of the wi-fi is poor so i want to drop the audio quality so i can still hear it adding that capability to pod fans is what we've done but hosts are not allowing Mm. podcast creators to upload three or four different versions so we are looking at how we would allow you to have within pod fans to begin three or four versions and then eventually we will allow you to export that into a brand new rss so you could share that on another place so yeah sadly i think hosts need to buck up their game a bit the technology escalator is moving fast and they're being left behind and if all you do is provide hosting which is now very much a you know bottom of the bucket type level then you're not going to be in the market for long it's a really interesting conversation it's probably a conversation for another time but even as you mentioned the new tags that exist within rss i see very little evidence of hosting platforms really kind of embracing them properly and delivering them in a way that's useful and yeah accessible to podcasters there seems to be like there's there's a lot of work to be done there in terms of where you see pod fans sitting or what you see it replacing what you see this ecosystem becoming you kind of mentioned at 
right now it's it's about monetization options for maybe the smaller podcasts, the smaller audiences, an alternative to Patreon or subscription or something like that. Do you see it growing into something more? Do you see like the way it measures consumption being maybe a, a different ecosystem for podcasting across every level, including the way advertisers are rewarded? Very much so. So one of the dirty secrets that we all sort of skip over is downloads is the metric. But we then say to advertisers, I've had 10,000 downloads. Your advert was probably played when we don't even know if the advert was listened to because downloads doesn't equal listens. And equally, we don't know if yours is the third ad in a, in a podcast, whether somebody just dropped off before they even got to that ad or they skipped it by fast forwarding. All of those things are what I would call the dirty secrets of podcasting, because we tell advertisers that they've been listened to, when actually we can't tell if they've actually been listened to. So when you do a per minute micropayment model like we have in Podfans, I can tell you to the second, we do a second analysis. So we, we track every second that you are listening. So we will know when you come to the advert, whether you've skipped. If you skip, mm. we know that you've skipped, right? So if you scrub, we're not charging you. So that's one thing. So ignore the ad for a minute. If you were playing a half hour podcast and you jump from one chapter to another chapter to another chapter, but didn't listen to three chapters in the middle, I don't charge you for those three chapters. I just charge you for the time you listen. So in the same way, if you've got an advert in the middle of a podcast and you fast forward or scrub forward, we know that you're not being charged for that. And we actually know you've not listened to the ad. So we can say ad wasn't listened to. So how does that help with advertiser? Well, the first level is that if the podcaster wants to, they can say, look, these guys listened to your advert and these guys and girls didn't listen to your advert, right? So you can go back to the advertiser and say, look, these were engaged listeners and these weren't engaged listeners. That's one step. There is a model that we've created called negative sats. Just bear with me a sec, Jimmy. I know this is like, <laughs> Jesus, what, a lot of what is he doing? Going on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But, you know... <laughs> Before I tell you about negative stats, it just reminds me, look, when, when I was at Netscape, I, I remember clearly being the product manager, going into a room of execs and going, it's called a browser. It starts with HTTP. Yes, it's called a URL and it's www. And oh my God, there's no search engine. And people looked at me like I was talking Swahili, right? <laughs> so when I say to you, it's a digital wallet, they're called micropayments. The name of those micropayments are Satoshis and it's a peer-to-peer -peer system. And it's really simple for us to track per second. You're looking at me going, jargon, don't get it. What are you talking about, right? It's that same learning lexicon yep. that you just have to get through. But once you get through it, going back to this thing of negative stats and advertisers. So forgetting the advertiser for a minute, imagine you're on PodFans and you've got a brand new podcast and you want to push it out. The one way that you do it today, you know, if it's voice works, you might go to do swaps with another podcast, right? You might put an advert into the other podcast to try and cross fertilize. Or what you might do is you might go and do external advertising. But here's the third way. You might put a budget of, let's say, 10,000 sats into your podcast. And now when I listen to your trailer, instead of me paying to listen to your trailer, you pay me to listen to your trailer, right? So I could earn three, 400 sats for a three minute podcast. And that's what 20p, let's say. So I can put a budget that says 10,000 sats. When that runs out, switch back to basically people paying to listen to my trailer. So you can incentivize people. Now, take that a step forward to advertisers. An advertiser could come to a podcast and say, look, I've got 50,000 sats to give you. When someone listens to my advert, pay them. 
And when they don't listen to my advert, don't pay them, right? Sure. So now, literally, we can track if you've listened to the advert or you've scrubbed the advert. And if you listen to the advert, guess what? You're going to be paid directly from the advertiser. Now, as the podcaster in the middle, you take a small cut. So you might take 5% of that flow of money. And that's enabling you to make value from it. But you're then giving your listeners the flow of money as well. So again, this is a totally new model. It's not going to be here tomorrow, but it works today. And that's what we're trying to work on. I think that's really interesting because there is always a quest to give advertisers better value. I feel like I should put my Sports Social Podcast Network hat on now and speak to any potential advertisers and go, we don't just judge this on downloads all the time. We can also monitor impressions and all that kind of thing. So it's not, there's a sliding scale here to play around in. One of the things I think that's coming across when you're talking about pod fans that I think is really interesting, and maybe I hadn't got initially when I'd kind of looked at the information that had been sent out and the information that was available is, it feels like there's an element of gamification here. And I guess what you potentially lose if you're moving away from the subscription model or the Patreon model is you kind of like you're replacing the transactional element that uh, there with you're paying for what you listen to rather than you're paying a subscription. But potentially what I was thinking you might lose mm-hmm. is the community element, the additional things that you buy into when you take out, for example, a Patreon subscription. So it sounds like there's an attempt with pod fans to kind of, or certainly the start of an attempt to build a community around those podcasts as well. Yes. I mean, that's that's why they're called fans, not listeners. So you're right. There is a complete gamification engine inside of pod fans. We've got 30 verbs, right? So play is one verb, uh, share is another, follow is another, clip is another. So I won't list all 30, Jim, you will be glad to know. Um, <laughs> but the, the point about it is that each one of those, each one of those verbs allows us to track your activity while you're in pod fans. And what we've done is we've allocated sats to that activity. So for example, if you are listening to a podcast and you share a clip to your network, we can then reward you 100 sats for doing that clip sharing, right? Now that can come from pod fans or it can come from the actual podcast owner. And what that allows us to do through the measurement of activity is to identify very quickly who are your most engaged fans. We can create badges as as normal, you know, who was the first to listen to this episode, who was the first to share. But we can also create leaderboards and those leaderboards give you a real time metric of who is engaged on each episode and then you roll that up into your podcast so suddenly you've got it's not oh i wonder if uh, sam's my most important fan or somebody else here's real data about what sam has done to earn that status and the last part of that is what we allow you to do then is to tag those people who are your super fans and again with micro payments you might give them a split of the revenue you generate on an episode so mm. let's give you an example with micro payments being programmable money you have this thing called splits so let's say you were doing a podcast and you've got a co-host like i do with james so we go 50 50 so a thousand sats comes in and we go 50 50 right you've got 500 i've got 500 simple thing we have a guest on the show we might allocate 10 percent of that episode to the guests. So guess what? They get a hundred sats from that thousand and we get, you know, 900 split between the hosts. 
The next level is you could say, right, but the most engaged person with this episode who's listened to the longest, so time completed, or paid the greatest value, or shared it the most, or left most comments, or whatever they've done, they get 1% of all those splits. So, And that can be dynamically changed. So it's not like you're having to go back and go, right, now I'll make Fred the uh, uh, super fan. No, Jill's the super fan. No, um, it does it through the system automatically. It identifies that person and then makes them part of the micropayment splits. So again, yes, we are Mm. building community very much around it. Later on, what you do with that community, how you engage with them, you know, if you get slightly bigger and you do live shows, you could say your top 50 fans get access to tickets first. You might say, as a reward, I'm sending out a T-shirt. Anything can be done, but it's the identifying of those fans through their activity that we've built a, a mechanism for. It's a really interesting idea and I can 100% I can see the benefit for podcasters. You're not expecting your entire audience to move over to the podfan system, but it's kind of it's it's where you share your content along with Apple and Spotify or whatever other links you put or podfollow links wherever you're redirecting that to. How do you solve the problem of migrating audience because we know how difficult it is to move people away from the podcast listening platforms that they know. How are you going to get people? What's the cell that kind of brings them into this ecosystem? Well, the first thing is what PodFans is, is called a progressive web app. So it fundamentally works on desktop, mobile, Android, everywhere, different screen sizes. So it's one platform. So when you say, oh, Apple Podcast doesn't work on Android, you can't use it. So then you're down to Spotify, right? Which is a cross-platform mm. app. Not all other apps are cross-platform. So first and foremost, we're everywhere. That's the one thing. Secondly, we have this model of rewarding you and you earning money for your time and attention. I'm a firm believer that people's time and attention is very precious. You know, as a podcaster, that if you're lucky enough to get someone to listen to your podcast, they're doing and deferring listen to someone else's because we don't all have 24 hours a day to listen to podcasts. We probably have the dog walk, the drive to work, the gym. So there's hours of the day that we will allocate to podcasting. And therefore, if you've chosen to listen to one person's podcast, you are deferring listen to someone else's. So rewarding people's time and attention, that's another thing that podcasters will be able to tell their audience, we value you and we're going to reward you. And then the last part really is it's proving this model. If we can prove that you can earn more money as a podcaster through PodFans than you can through Spotify or Apple, through your subscription models or your advertising models, then at some point, and I'm not saying it's going to happen in the next year, it might take three years, but what could happen is eventually you block your RSS feed being ingested into these open platforms that aren't giving you any value back. Why should I give you my content for free Apple, Spotify, when I'm not getting the return on it in any shape or form. No, I'm going to stick with pod fans. And, and yes, I'm making $20, make 50, 50 pounds, whatever the number may be. That's better than the amount I'm making elsewhere. I'm going to lock it off. Of course, right now, the problem we all do is we go, oh, let's do the shotgun model. Stick it everywhere on the hidden hope that there's going to be someone listening to it. And I make 50p. Mm. And there's no proof that it's working. Whereas what we have to do is prove that first, starting with the long tail and then working up to the higher value podcast, but because the high value podcasts don't need, to, as we talked about earlier, don't need to change. They're getting the advertisers, they're getting the sponsors, they're getting the listener audience. But if we can show from the long tail that the value created 
through direct audience participation, direct to fan, as we call it, then yeah, at some point they will convince at the end of their podcast, okay, hey, and by the way, make sure you're listening to me on PodFans next week. Bang, 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 right? And that's what we have to do. We have to prove the model works. We have to make it simple enough. We have to show there's value created and it's better than advertising and subscriptions. And if we get all of that right, then yeah, there will be a migration to PodFans. I look forward to seeing whether you can make that case and, and prove it. It's a fascinating idea and mm. a real different out-of-the-box way of thinking as well, which is often a little bit scary and a little bit terrifying as to what you're unleashing. But I think that's a good <laughs> thing to have in the industry. I think we need a bit of that more often because we've been tied to the traditional methods mm. for a very long time. If I'm a podcaster, Sam, what do I need to do? I, I assume my podcast is probably already on pod fans in some element, but there must be a process in terms of claiming and setting up yeah. accounts and that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, so let's let's step through where we are. We, we literally turned on the beta last week or the week before. And what does that mean? So we've been testing with about 5,000 podcasts in our index. So we don't take the full 4 million right now. And the reason was we didn't need to, right? And even of those 4 million, we probably won't take more than 500,000 to begin with. What we're doing at the moment is we're we're feature complete. We've rolled out the progressive web app, so it's mobile. Next week, the 18th of October, so whenever this goes out, but the 18th of October, we upgrade our servers. And all those servers then will allow us to ingest all of the podcasts we want, the 500,000 plus. So that's the time when we'll open the front door. Because if you have a look on PodFans now, you get added to a wait list. And the reason is we just haven't got the capacity right now to open the doors. If we got a flood of users, it would just fall over. And that's not a good experience. So that's where we are genuinely. We literally are converting the servers over, ingesting all of the, the majority of the podcasts. So as a listener, fan, whatever you want to be called, very simple sign up, create an account. If you have a wallet, we just authenticate against it. If you don't, we give you one. Through the sign up process, you'll earn 10,000 sats. So that's, you know, that's more than listening to two, maybe three episodes of any show. So, you know, you've got some time to listen and learn. And then as a creator, you just go and find your podcast. There's a creator, the claim button, you click it. We validate that you are the owner of that podcast and we give you access to a back end where you can then go in and you can start to enhance your RSS with some of those additional features that we talked about. Or you can just go in and see the metrics around it. So how many people listen to my show, what time, et cetera, et cetera. You can change all of the Satoshi values. So I can change the play verb from 10 sats to 100 sats. I might say, right, I think my show is worth 100 sats per minute. Why would I want to give it for less? You can do all of that. You can also add your wallet and create splits and add guests and all those sorts of additional things we talked about earlier. But in simple terms, yeah, come to podfans.fm, create an account, get a wallet, start listening. And if you're a creator, just claim your podcast and then get the enhanced back end. That's it. Brilliant. I will put all the links and information that people need in the podcast description. I might stop short of a glossary of terms in there. I might leave that one out, but Sam, good luck with it. And thanks for your time on Sound Business. Thanks. Exciting stuff from Sam. You can find all the links to PodFans and relevant things that were discussed in this episode in the podcast description. Just have a look and click whatever tickles your fancy. There'll be another episode of VoiceWorks Sound Business very soon, but in the meantime, check back through the feed 
delve into the back catalogue, there's not only insight into the latest audio news, but also advice and guidance in things like podcast discoverability, marketing, loads to go out. So check the back catalogue and see if there's anything that can help you on your audio journey. I'll see you next time for another VoiceWorks Sound Business. But in the meantime, if you want help with your podcasting or your audio strategy, head to the website, voiceworks.ai. Thank you.